بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم و بهینستعین ثم السلام و السلام علی سیدنا و نبینا ابلغاسم المصطفى محمد و علی آله الطیبین الطاهرین Dear sisters and brothers, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much for coming again. One more night, such an honor. And uh, continuing the habit of previous night, uh, I thought we could tonight um, remember a group of people who have been working so hard to make sure these events happen. And that's the Shababu Septen team, the organizers, the heads, the volunteers, everyone from the media team. I know how hard they've been working. Sometimes I message the middle of the night and they're awake and they reply from the people outside making sure we all come in. So if you uh, agree, let's please recite salawat for every single person who made sure these events can happen. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Thank you so much. And uh, also, a couple of people have also told us that one person, for example, said her mother is ill. Um, another person has sent you a few messages. So we remember all of you as well. And inshallah, may God give you strength and to go through the treatment and inshallah heal as well. We remember all of you in our hearts. And I think it's time to start. Are you ready? I'm a little bit thirsty, if it's okay, I'm so sorry. I'm going to drink a little bit of this water. I apologize for that. Yesterday, if you remember, we were speaking about the idea that if we want to go towards the depth, we need a process that Quran refers to as dhikr. Dhikr was a way for us to be able to see beyond the surface of this world and look at what it's at the depth. If you remember, we even mentioned that Allah Taba Taba'i says, that the sole purpose of all religions, any way of spirituality, the sole purpose it has, al-maqsud al-wahid, is to take our attention and help us go beyond the surface and see what is that hand, that reality which is behind everything. And we even discussed this idea that even Quran's purpose, thank you so much, even Quran's purpose is to cultivate this way of looking at the world in us. For example, that verse that says, when you sow a seed, let me read it so that we don't make a mistake. It says when you plant a seed, when you sow a seed for it to grow, you put it in the ground, but who makes it grow? When you plant a seed, when you sow a seed, are you the ones who are making it grow? Or are we the ones who are making it grow? See, Quran is not saying you're not doing anything. Right? Obviously, we're the ones who are putting it there. We give it water. We make sure it has light, sunlight. 
We're all there. But Quran says, see, that's true, that's the surface, but behind this, beyond this, see the hand of God too. In the same way that, yes, it is correct that the pen is writing the calligraphy, the hand is writing the calligraphy, but we know that beyond the pen and the hand, there's a person who's doing that. So the vision Quran is trying to cultivate in us is that, see, beyond the surface, there's another reality that is making everything exist, function, and work. And the way to connect to that reality, we said, is dhikr. And we said slowly, slowly, as we do this, we realize that every object in the world, instead of just being an object in itself, turns into a pointer towards God. Do you remember the example we said this could either be a finger that it's just an object or we could go to this finger and be pointed at, for example, the moon or the sky. So the objects cease to be the, des the destination of our attention, but rather we look through them, we look beyond them. And that, there's that famous line that says, I didn't see anything, but I saw God with it. ما رأيت شيئاً إلا رأيت الله معه. I didn't see anything unless I saw God with it. Okay. We also said that in order for this dhikr, this process of paying attention to the depth to work, it has to be long enough. If it's only a few minutes here and there, if we have it a day and we lose it a few days, it's not going to be enough to cut and melt the patterns we have inside, which is a reality that Quran itself mentions. Ya ayyuhal Quran says, see, if you want dhikr to work, if you want this technology of paying attention to the depth, if you want it to work, it has to be kathir, it has to be long. And it's very interesting, in Quran, everything has a limit. Everything has to be done in a balanced way. Like even though prayer is good, you don't pray the whole day. No, there are specific times for prayer. Even though you have to pay charity, you don't give charity from the time you wake up to the time you sleep. Everything has a limit based on how much is needed. The only thing in the Quran that doesn't have any limit is dhikr. Because dhikr is beyond an action. Dhikr is a way of life. Dhikr is a way of looking at the world, a way of being at the world. Dhikr does not contradict other things we do. For example, if you want to perform salat, you have to stop talking to people. You have to stop reading, and then you perform salat. The same is if you want to read the Quran. But dhikr is in a way that you can be doing anything and also have dhikr. Because it's not about what you do, it's about the way you are in the world. When you are in the world, when you're looking at things, are you just looking at the surface or are you seeing the reality which is behind them too? And as the Quran said, You can reach a level where no matter what you do, when you're doing business, whatever, you can still see the reality behind it all and see the hand of God in everything we do. And if you remember, we said in order to do dhikr, because we cannot hold God in our mind, we need to use ayats. We need to use an ayah, a symbol. We said symbol is something that we use 
in order to find the way to that reality. And that's why we discuss that. For example, the verses of the Quran, they're symbols. You read a verse and it tries you. For example, yesterday we talked about Rahman. You use the word Ar-Rahman as a symbol, as an ayah. You reflect on it and try to slowly, slowly discover realities about God. But the interesting thing about an ayah is that you also have to be very careful. Because even though an ayah is like a symbol, although I'm going to call it a mirror just for the lack of a better word. Let's say it's a mirror through which we can see God or discover God. Even though it helps us do that, we also have to be very careful that it is not going to be when the reality we encounter through that ayah is not going to be God. Because God, we can never completely experience it. So that's why Quran, every time it says do dhikr, it also says you have to do tasbih as well. For example, okay, you had an experience, you feel like you encountered something. Don't make a mistake that think, oh, I've encountered the whole of God, or this is God, what is in my mind. It says be careful, because every mirror is trying to show you God, but nothing can show you the full reality of God. So that's why tasbih is also very important. Tasbih in this context is be careful you're looking at the mirror to see god but the photo in the mirror is never god it's just a photo and every time we have to be careful of this so we don't make mistakes and i know we're going to come back to this reality of tasbih uh, when we speak about ourselves as an ayah and you see how beautiful tasbih can become tasbih at that point is not it's something we say. It's not a way of seeing the world. It's a way of being in the world. We said we need, We need to remember God a lot. We need to put ourselves in front of the light and heat of God so the patterns inside us melt. And we said, how can we make sure we can have an ayah that we can use it a lot? Because with Quran, you may get tired. With prayer, you may get tired. And those are all good. But we need a kind of ayah that is with us so long that we can benefit from it longer times. Because we don't want to just, for example, feel a little bit of dhikr when we're reading the Quran and then we forget God till the next time. What was that ayah which we said it's always with us? Ourself. So today we're going to speak about ourself as an ayah of God. But if you agree after salawat, The verse we started yesterday was what? Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu alaykum anfusakum. Allama Tabu Tabai, when he reaches this verse, he says, God is telling us that out of all of the signs, out of all of the ways to remember me, the best reality you can use, the reality that's always with you, the mirror that can show and the reality of God to you in the best way is your nafs. Alaykum anfusakum. He says when God says in this verse that it means that pay attention to your nafs. And if you got this thing, then you're sorted. 
Do you remember in the other verse, Sanoriahum ayatina fil afaq wa fi anfusihim? And we will show you our signs in afaq around the world and also fi anfusihim, within you, within your nafs. So there is an eye of God within our nafs. Our nafs could also be an eye that if we reflect upon, we can discover God. Man arafa nafsah, faqad arafa rabbah. The one who has known himself, known his Lord as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about this. But before we do that, something which is very interesting is that, do you remember the other day when we were speaking about love? We said love is when you want to know someone deeply and be known deeply by them. It's very beautiful. And we said, how does that happen? I said, the, the way you can be in love with someone in a deep level, not just a casual relationship, is if you have a mutual self-disclosure. You open up to them the realities of who you are, and they also open up to you. And as a result of this mutual self-disclosure, you fall in love. Now, it's very interesting that God is telling us to do the same thing with him. Between insan stuck at the surface and God at the depth, God says, let's start in this process. What, how, does he, how does he say that? Fadkuruni avkurko. You do dhikr of me, you remember me, and I will remember you. It's a mutual, relational interaction. Fadkuruni, you try to bring your attention to me, you do dhikr avkurko. I will also try to. So it's not like that once we do dhikr, we start to have a better understanding of the world, have a deeper knowledge of it. That will happen, but also we feel like we are very much going to be known by the world. You feel deeply understood. Do you remember in night one, I spoke about this idea that knowledge has different levels. I said at the last level, which was participatory knowledge, it's this idea that you feel like you fit to the world. This is the thing that a lot of us, we've missed right now. We feel like, what am I doing here? Life doesn't make sense. We feel like we're not in touch with reality. In this verse, God says, yes, the reason for that is that you've lost this, this deep feeling of knowing the world and being known by it, feeling like you fit into this reality. And as you do dhikr, not only you start seeing God, but you also start feeling how he knows of you. All of these things, for example, that, you know, they say that um, God knows all of your pain. God knows all of the things you say. God hears. God is aware of this. God is aware of what you tell him. Well, we've heard all of this, but have you felt it? Have you felt deeply heard Deeply understood that someone gets you. Quran is saying, as you do dhikr, you start understanding God deeply and feeling how much he understands you. It's a mutual thing. And what did we say we, it happens when two reality mutually self-disclose? Love happens. And Quran says, yuhibbuhum wa yuhibbunah. You start falling in love with this reality and you feel the love of God for yourself in a very real way. It's not going to be words, 
Because now we know all of these words that God loves us. No, it's going to be at the level, at our core. We're going to feel it existentially. Now, once you start thinking about this idea that we're going to be using ourselves as a way to get towards God, everything in the world changes. It's very interesting. Okay, if I want to use myself as a mirror to find God, as a symbol to find God, as an ayah to find God, well, I need to start knowing myself. I don't know myself well enough. So this is why self-knowledge becomes very important. Because one of the things we said has happened is what? We've also become stuck at the surface of who we are. We, right now, in this very moment, we have lost touch with the deepest levels of ourself. See, we spoke about it. God is between you and your heart. Do you feel that? No, obviously. Because we don't even feel our heart. There is so much to us right now that we are not aware of. Because we're even stuck at the surface of who we are. Do you remember? We said reciprocal narrowing. The world shrinks and you shrink. So now we start this process of trying to discover ourselves. Trying to find more of ourselves. Because if we want to use ourselves as an ayah to remember God, to do dhikr of God, well, the first thing is we need to find ourselves. We need to know ourselves. And at this point, you realize that the way you are in the world changes. Everything in the world becomes a sign, a way to help you discover yourself. Maybe a person comes to your life, says something. It may seem rude. But at the bottom of this, what it's trying to teach you, there is something inside you. Why did you easily lost it? Maybe there's something inside you that needs healing. Every encounter, every interaction becomes a teacher that teaches something to us. For example, some of the spiritual teachers, they say, do you know what you should be working on with yourself? What are the things you need to heal? Well, wait for a time that someone offends you and you really hurt. That means there's something there that we can heal. So everything in the world becomes a kind of teacher that teaches you things about yourself. Ooh, this thing made me happy. Okay, why did I become happy about that? This thing made me really hurt. What was inside me that reacted so much to this? Because there's another person that the same thing happens to them, they don't react as much. Not only the events in the outside world become teachers for you, Quran as well starts having a new dimension. Before this, we would read the Quran to learn realities about the world, about what is beyond the surface of this world. But Quran says you can also come to me to learn about yourself. Let me read the verse for you. لَقَدْ أَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكُمْ كِتَابًا We have sent down to you a book, kitaban also because it's nakare, it means a great book. So Quran contains dhikrukum, dhikr of us. It's not just that we go to the Quran to do dhikr of God, 
But Quran also contains information about us. Our dhikr is within the Quran. لَقَدْ أَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكُمْ كِتَابًا فِيهِ ذِكْرِكُمْ Ahlam Tabatabai uses this verse to say, see, at this point you can even go to the Quran to discover yourself. Here you can even start reading the Quran in a new way. I'm not saying that this is the only way, no. You start having more than one way of reading the Quran. See, as we said before this, you were just reading the Quran and everything was about external things, about other things. This is what Prophet Musa did. This is what Pharaoh did. This is about this group. This is about that group. Everything was about external events. And if you read Quran this way, which is beautiful and we can teach so much, but everything is about the external world. You learn that there are two types of, for example, group in the world. There are those who are, we call Sa'id, the ones who've lived good, and as a result of that, they're in a good condition, and there are the people who are Shaqi, they haven't lived good. And the Quran keeps telling you stories of, for example, this group. See, Musa did this, Ibrahim did this, Prophet Ibrahim. These are the good people, and then Fir'aun did this, that person did this. So you read about two groups of people. And that's very beautiful because you try to be, okay, I should be like this and not like them. But at this stage, you can read the Quran in a new way as well. Because Quran said within every of these stories, it's dhikrukum. I am not just telling you about the word Quran says. I am telling you about yourself. So for example, now, in, you look at everything in the Quran, they say in the first person pronoun. So when you read the story of Musa and Fir'aun, you don't just focus on what happened. That's very important, beautiful, and of course that's what we do. But you, Quran is also telling you that, see, within you, there's a reality that's like Fir'aun, and there's a reality that's like Musa. In Masaran, some of the Tafasir, they say, see, we all have a Fir'aun inside us. What is the main feature of Fir'aun? For example, he said, I'm your Lord. Everyone has to live according to the way I'm saying. So in the Tafasir, they say, don't you do the same sometimes? As a dad, don't I sometimes make the whole family watch the thing I want? Or sometimes don't I make everyone eat the things I like? Sometimes you go to a family, they're like, no, no one eats this because, for example, this one member doesn't like it. So Quran is saying, see, through Fir'aun, I'm teaching something about yourself. In a lot of ways, you also have this idea that ana rabbukumul a'la. Although that group over which you're trying to impose your will, it could either be a nation, or in the case of us, it could be our own family members, or sometimes our younger siblings. Go get me the remote. Why? Just because he's younger or she's younger, why should she go get the remote for you? Go change the channel. Why? Go do this. Why? You can ask. I can ask. But I don't get to order. So that's the Fir'aun inside us. And it's so interesting. One of the scholars was saying, I heard him firsthand from this person. He said, once I was speaking with my wife, and as we were discussing, very simple discussion, I want to show you how simply it is to act like Fir'aun. 
I was saying I had this small discussion with my wife, and in the middle of it, we were talking about something, and she wanted to, for example, keep talking about that. I said, no, 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 let's change the topic. Let's change the topic, let's talk about something else. And then he said, suddenly, it's as if they taught me something. And he realized, oh my God, even in a small thing like this that I tell, for example, my partner, no, let's change the topic and talk about this. Who said, I get to choose? Do you see, even in a small act like that, we're imposing our will on someone else. I am the one who says what we are talking about. No, it should be a negotiation, an interaction. Is it okay if we change the topic right now? This is harming me. Or maybe right now I'm not ready for it. Is it okay? See, every time that we try to impose what we want on even a small other part of the world, we're acting like Fir'aun. And so now when you read the Quran, you're not learning just about people who lived maybe hundreds or thousands of years ago. You're reading about yourself, what's happening exactly inside yourself. Oh, I wish we had time to speak about this more, but maybe another time we'll speak about this. But just one point and then we'll continue. At the same time, you also have a Musa inside you. So in the same way that you have a part that may want to impose its will on others, you have another part of you that knows that no. Just because my children are younger doesn't mean they should do all the time what I'm saying, or I can't impose my will on my wife or my employees in ways that is rude. You also have that Musa inside you. And now you're like, okay, how can I take care of my fair own? Maybe Messiah, maybe I am a little bit harsh and imposing on others. Hope Quran says, Musa, when you're going to Fir'aun, how do you speak to Fir'aun? Qulu lahu qawlan Quran, in the, uh, we, we see that God in the Quran tells to Prophet Musa, when you're going to speak to uh, Fir'aun, speak to him softly, maybe he listens. Oh, okay. So now when I want to talk to that part of me, which is maybe a little bit more harsh, a little bit more imposing, I shouldn't speak harshly to it because it may get defensive. So I don't tell myself, hey, why are you like this? Oh my God, no, softly. No, okay, I see, Masalan, you, we want others to live this way, but see, that person is also an individual. Your daughter, your husband, your wife, I don't know, that's also an individual. It's not right for me to impose my will on them. God won't be happy with that. Do you think we can change? And I know you didn't mean to, maybe you didn't learn, right? So you start this discussion inside of yourself between your Fir'aun and your Musa. Well, there's so much we can discuss about this, of how Quran becomes a way for us to discover ourselves, and how there are deep realities inside it. Because one of the problems we have is that as soon as we discover something wrong about us, we keep attacking. Either we become defensive and ignore it, or we keep attacking ourselves. Oh, you did this. You're terrible. You're awful. Oh, I'm such an awful person. No, 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 no. Even when you discover bad thing about yourself, try to speak to it softly. You want to heal it. Okay, please recite the salawat. Now such a beautiful salawat. MashaAllah. So, 
We said right now, at this point, we realize that, okay, we are going to be using ourselves as an eye to reflect on God, to discover God. And at this point, everything becomes a means for us to learn more about ourselves. Even when we read the Quran, we read the Quran to discover facts about ourselves. So if it says this group did this, we're like, oh, maybe I'm doing that. And then we start realizing this idea that I'll just quickly talk about and pause. That as a mirror, as an eye of God, we have to be very careful because the more patterns there are within us, the more there are, um, you know, let's call it impurities, the things we've kept inside to make ourselves feel safe, the less we're going to show God. Or sometimes there could be so much impurities inside us, so many things inside us, that we can show the photo of God completely upside down. We'll still be a mirror, but a mirror that is reflecting the hack upside down. What is bottle? Bottle in this world is nothing but hack upside down. So a lot of people are mirrors that reflect God, but not in the way that they show you what God looks like. They show you what God doesn't look like. They show you the opposite. I said, then look at the events of Ashura. You can see the difference between these two signs of God. The army of, the group of Imam Hussein, his companions, the way they speak to each other, the loyalty they have, the beauty of their behaviors, their forgiveness, their patience, their courage, beautiful mirrors, windows through which you can see the beauties of God. But the other side, they show you what happens when you cannot see God, when the opposite of it, the cruelty that happens when you are not showing God. The greed, the anger. So they become a mirror that reflects how, but upside down. And maybe you've realized this as well. Sometimes, for example, the way a person learns about the value of loyalty, of commitment, the beauty of staying true to your promise, some people only learn it after someone really breaks their heart. And some people are like upside down mirrors. They don't show God to us. They show what happens when you can't see God. They break our hearts so much that we realize, you know what, I'm never going to be like that. Many children learn the beauty and the importance of respect to their wife. Unfortunately, unfortunately, when they see, for example, how their father is rude to their mother, they see how nasty it is for a person to disrespect their wife. How awful. And they're like, I'll never want to be like that. I have to respect my wife. But I wish we didn't have to learn about the truth through, up, through its opposite. Because so many people suffer. So the real tasbih, do you remember I said tasbih has a real meaning, deeper meaning? Tasbih at this level is not that, oh, God doesn't do bad thing, or no, is to fix yourself as a mirror that reflects God. So instead of showing what God is not like, you show what God is like. 
So tasbih is not just saying, for example, God is ba- God, nothing bad can be attributed to God. Tasbih is to remove your impurities so that when someone looks at you, they don't see anything but good. Because if you're a mirror that is reflecting God, if you have impurities, then people may attribute that to God. Oh, this world is unfair. Who did that to them? You did. You hurt someone and they were like, the world is bad. If I hurt other people, that would be the reality of their life. So if I actually want to do proper tasbih of God, to glorify God, to say nothing bad can be attributed to God, the most deep thing I can do is to purify myself. So that when others look through me, they see nothing but love, nothing but beauty. I have to purify the mirror that I am that is reflecting God. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about, because now we're all speaking about that. Okay, now we need to learn more about ourselves, self-knowledge, purifying ourselves, knowing more about ourselves, discovering ourselves. Before we start the process, the journey, let me give you a very quick overview of what self-knowledge looks like in the Quran. Not the process, just like a very short map of, of insan's journey in the Quran. One of the most important verses we have about insan is the one that says, God's saying, I'm putting on earth a khalifa, a representative. And this is, by the way, one of the verses that Allah used to show that, see, insan is one of God's best ayat, because you're literally God's khalifa. But the thing is, it's not like every single one of us right now has actualized this. Mufassirin, they say, see, right now we have that power of being an ayah of God, that khalifa of God, as a potential. It's as if, for an example they give is this, think of an apple seed. The apple seed has the potential to turn into an apple tree and give apples. Right? But right now, it has all of that as a potential. So it's saying, see, right now, all of us, we have this potential to become the best eye of God, to reflect God in the most beautiful ways. Like, for example, how Ahl Bayt did, the Prophet did. But right now, we're just like a seed. Now, there's a very beautiful line that I'm sure most of us were familiar with, inna lillah. We have come from God. You've heard it, right? There's another surah in the Quran that describes this in more details. What does it say in Surah 10? It says, Insan has been created in the best qawam, the best form, the best state, the best shape. But then it says what? It says, see, insan, you have the best shape. You're like an apple tree, for example. So amazing, so beautiful. You can be khalifa of God. But right now, you don't have that actualized. You have it as a potential, like a seed. Apple seed. 
So it says, see, you're an apple seed. For example, you're not the seed for something else. And son has the seed to become the best tree in the world, the best reality in the world. But right now, you have it as a seed, a potential, where we are right now. So what do you do with the seed? You put the seed in the, under the mud, in the ground, right? Quran says that's what happened to you. You've come to this world. This is the lowest you can ever get. And by low, what do we mean? The farthest from God. We were with God. We have come to this level in which we are farthest from God. And now it says you're like a seed planted in the mud. And your journey is to find your way back. So this is insan in a nutshell. We are the Khalifa of God, the reality that can show God at its highest way. But then we only have that right now as a potential. And our journey is to actualize this potential and go back to God. And it's very interesting because in the Quran it actually speaks about that you can literally not do that. For example, in Surah Araf it says, God says, remember the story of this person, the news of this person, that we even gave him ayats, ways, but he didn't pay attention to that. What happened? He followed his own desires. He got trapped in the surface, and we couldn't, and, and, and we didn't raise him high. So it says, if you don't live well, that seed will always remain here. It said, that person didn't help us raise him back, raise him out of the ground to become a tree again. So our journey in this life is that now we have this potential to become Khalifa of God. But in order to do that, we need to start this journey of self-knowledge. So the journey of self-knowledge is basically our journey back to God. Okay, things got a little bit complicated, I know. And from this point onwards, we'll speak about the easier parts. We have a few minutes. Please recite the salawat. I'm not going to clean my glasses with this, by the way. Someone's given me wipes. I'll use those. I'll use those later on. Thank you so much, by the way, for the thoughtful person who saw I'm cleaning my glasses with a tissue and they were like, oh, let's get the sheikh some wipes. Thank you so much. How thoughtful of you. Okay, all of this, by the way, that I said are just information to motivate us for the journey. None of this matters to us as long as it's just in our head. All the things I've been trying to say in these nights is that propositional knowledge is not that useful. So I didn't mention any of this and expect you to memorize them, to believe them, because there's no point in that. A Muslim is not a person who has memorized, for example, these things. A Muslim is a person who has lived these. So now we're going to, today and tomorrow, speak a little bit about, okay, these seem a little bit very crazy, very about practical steps. Okay, what is that going to look like for me tomorrow? You're saying I can get to a place where I can reflect God? Okay, that seems very abstract. What should I be doing right now? So inshallah, the few minutes we've got left from today and tomorrow we'll speak about this. That right now when I want to start the process of self-knowledge, what does it look like? The first thing that happens is that we realize 
most of the problems we had were actually at the core of it. The problems we had with our wife, the problems we had with our partners, with our children, at work. At the core of a lot of these was actually we had these issues that referred to self-knowledge. We didn't know something about ourselves. We didn't know how to deal with our emotions, for example. We didn't know how to stop our mind when it was thinking so much, worrying so much. So we slowly, slowly start becoming more aware of the inner world. If previously we were always focusing on how is this person doing, why is that person doing to me, now we're trying to look a little bit within, okay, why am I reacting this way to this thing? What does that say about me? And as we do this, some things happen that I think it's best to keep for tomorrow. Don't you agree? I think, inshallah, we can keep them. Someone is saying no, someone is saying, I think it's best to, inshallah, keep it for tomorrow of what happens. And I think we can end it today here. And inshallah, now we can also benefit from the, uh, the Matam. I'll just give a quick overview of what we discussed today so that for tomorrow you're fresh, you're ready. What we were saying today is that we're stuck at the surface. We want to go to the depth. God is at the depth. And we need to get to a place where we can see God in everything, through everything. And we said the way to do that was dhikr. In order to remember God, in order to see God everywhere, we need to use an ayah, like a mirror, that we can look at and see God and find God. And we said the best ayah for God is what? Our nafs. Man arafa nafsah, faqad arafa rabbah. So we said we're going to be starting self-knowledge. And we spoke a little bit about what is insan. We said insan is that reality in the world which has the best way to reflect God. God has blown into you from his own soul, self. And of course, these are all metaphors. And that's why we have the best potential to reflect God, but only if that is actualized. And tomorrow we'll speak about how to actualize that. And inshallah, now we're going to benefit from the beautiful voice of our Mullah Nur al-Din al-Kadhimi, who's going to be reciting today the Masaib of Hazrat Qasim tonight. So please, all of us, let's bring our hearts and try to benefit from the Masaib so that inshallah we can create a change with the Salawat.